Good morning, world. Welcome to another episode of Zendependently Minded. If you are a new or returning listener, I truly hope you enjoy this episode. And if you're interested in listening to more episodes of Zendependently Minded, aka the greatest podcast on the entire planet, stay tuned because it's only going to get bigger and better from here. And before we get into the episode, here's a brief word from our sponsor, Anchor. How's it going, bros? It's your boy, depression-minded. Shooting this podcast for the second time. Guess what, guys? I was 33 minutes into the episode when my fucking shutter flew up, scared the shit out of me, so stopped recording to go delete it, and the audio wasn't recording. What the fuck? This sucks. But, whatever. I'm down to repeat myself for 33 minutes again. And catch up to whatever I said. I'm sure I said some dumb shit. And this is a sign from God that I uh, need to redo this. So, take number two. It's your boy. Freshest merch in the game here. This is my hoodie. It's here. The merch is here. Uh, that's the front. And I'm not going to stand up and show the back, my backside. Because you have to pay for that. Onlyfans.com slash minded. I'm not going to do that for free, but... This is the back. I got two hoodies. So this is the back. Um, I don't know if you can see. I'm blocking my face, but yeah, I can get a little closer. The art is really cool. It was really well done. I paid good money for the design. Basically, the, if you can't, if you don't understand, because I had to explain it to my dad. I got my family all the samples and stuff. I had to explain to him what the meaning was. And no, the guy's not smoking a joint. Sorry, I'm not a pothead. I don't like weed. Um, I used to smoke cigarettes and that guy was supposed to kind of look like me, but he kind of just looks like a dyke, but no offense. Um, basically that guy's looking at the trending tab on Twitter. He, he's the amalgamation and the caricature, an accurate caricature. If I, if I do say so myself of every weird Twitter troll that's, that gets embroiled in three day arguments with random people over fucking, ah, oh, inflation, uh, Russia, Macron, Putin, Trump, 2016, 2020, voting fraud, blah, blah, blah. He's looking on the training tab. All the hashtags are like happy life, beautiful life, amazing world, happiness. And he's angry. He's fucking angry because you can't get true happiness. True happiness does not come, is not derived from social media. And the guy next to him is just like, hey, man, just go outside. He's just chilling. He's happy. And in the background is a guy holding his hands out, it's me, uh, on a mountain, on a cliffside, enjoying this beautiful, beautiful lake, beautiful glacier, blah, blah, blah. And it's true, if you guys were able and you were fortunate enough to catch those three episodes I did with my friend, he came up with the that, that idea, the, uh, just go outside. If you find yourself getting upset or getting roped into bullshit on social media, just go outside, talk to your neighbor, or... You know, go go on a hike, go on a sh- go to a stream. Just the world is beautiful. It is much more beautiful than 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 people realize. <laughs> and I'm definitely not the guy to pretend like I'm always enjoying my life. But that's the great thing about getting, but appreciating the little things. You can ask my wife. You can ask my family. Anytime you see it, I see a green hill with a stream running through it or a mountain with a lake on it, 
or just trees or just green or flowers or any any natural earth colors, I'm happy. I'm a sucker for earth. I'm a sucker for for nature. So that's the good thing. That's what's lucky with me. If I get stressed out, which I have been, I'm going to explain why I've been gone for almost two weeks. When I get stressed out or I'm unhappy, every time I drive to work, I'm driving through these villages that most of the world are never going to see, most of the world have never heard of, and it's humbling. It helps you appreciate. It makes me smile. Every morning, I feel grateful to be alive. This morning, I got up to make coffee, and as it was brewing, I pulled up the shutter in my in my kitchen and looked over at the green hills of my village, and the sun was coming up, and yeah, it's a beautiful life. There's a lot to be grateful for. Like, uh... Like Robert Jordan says in, like right before he dies, one of the best lines I've ever read in a book in uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls by Ernest Hemingway, he says, the world is a, is, I'm, I'm butchering the quote. Actually, you know what? I have it right here. Let me, it's actually something that props up my, so he says, the world is a fine place and worth the fighting for, and I hate very much to leave it because spoiler alert, he dies at the end. Um, it's true. The world is a beautiful, the world is a fine place and it is worth the fighting for. So don't listen to the black pills or whatever the fuck you call. I don't know all the pills. I don't care about any of the pills. The people that are constantly, the, the doom fetish people, the people that are, that love being like, the world's over, it's over, it's not gonna, we're not gonna recover, blah, blah, blah. That's fucking dumb. That's a stupid way of living. Keep that shit to yourself. We don't need any more negativity right now. 2022 is the year of positivity. Hopefully. But on to the reason why I've been gone. So I I'm gonna be honest, I was a I was really stressed out about school because I have I'm in this uh, advanced research writing class because like I said, I'm going for my bachelor in English because I see it as a win win because I would love to work in the industry, maybe as an agent. I've considered being an English teacher or being an editor. While I'm writing my own books, because they're just going to feed off each other. I'm just going to improve my own writing, improve my professional writing. It's going to be great. And there is no time limit for publishing a book. Some people publish one book. That's not the plan for me. I have insane amounts of ideas. But like the author for To Kill a Mockingbird, she published one book. And that book was one of the most important books. A little overrated in my opinion, but one of the most important books ever made especially for the united states especially as far as civil rights go um some people don't publish their first book until they're towards the tail end of their life so i would like to publish now <laughs> I, I i think i have a feeling i'm going to publish my first book this year or i'm going to land a deal or get an agent sometime this year but anyway i have this advanced research writing class and I have this professor who's a super asshole. So the the whole the whole semester we've been building up an essay. First part of it was a four source synthesis essay. Really easy, was able to do it in a couple hours. Then we turn it into a six source, and then it ends the final project, which is gonna be due in a couple weeks. Um I'm not really worried about it, honestly, especially seeing as how my professor is a, a fuck. It's going to be a 10-source literature review. So if you don't know anything about a literature review, it's just taking a bunch of info. It's what it's it, it's really in the, in the title, literature review. You take a bunch of data analysis and 
just you, you dig into the literature of a topic and then you present it and you allow your reader to form opinions. Arguments are going to present themselves in the sources and they're also they could present themselves just logically, but you're not at least for this this specific project and paper we're not supposed to give our own opinion. We it's a literature review. It's for some it's for the audience to read and form their own opinions off of. I decided because I've always had the belief and it's worked for me this my entire life. If I care about the topic, if I'm passionate about it, I can write a great paper in my eyes at least or a paper good enough to impress these lousy professors to get me a good grade so I can continue to pay thousands of dollars to get my degree whatever I decided my paper was going to be on COVID-19 and the impact of COVID-19 so my three main points are one the economic impact two the health impact and three possible solutions moving forward I thought it was a great paper and it's funny because one of my buddies actually told me, hey, what if, if you're criticizing the impact or the sources you're using are criticizing the impact and the are not the impact, the responses and the impact of those responses from governments, what if your professor likes the response? And I was like, nah, people like that don't exist, or at least they don't exist in the real world. I'm not going to have a professor, a professor, a professional educator who gets paid thousands of dollars per paycheck to teach the future of America, the future of the world, he's not going to be an idiot. He's not going to be a dumbass and say, oh yeah, the impact, the, the response is fine. The response has been great. It's totally worked. Insanity is great. Doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results is amazing. We should continue to do it. But he was right. My professor highlighted the entire, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the track changes in the comments, part of uh, Microsoft Word or Google Docs. He highlighted the entire paper and he said, I discourage, this is why I discourage my students from writing about COVID-19 because it's still developing. I was like, really? And he, he also said, don't use semicolons in my class. In an advanced research writing class, he said, don't use semicolons. And I'm going to admit I was using them wrong. I used them wrong a couple times, but I fixed them. I fixed that. I fixed everything he criticized on the gram. Like there was a, a, a little bit of grammar mistakes. <clears throat> like I said, I was incorrectly using semicolons, but I'm not changing my paper. It's an important topic. It's an important paper. You told me to pick a topic that I wanted to write about. I picked, I wrote about it. I wrote a great paper. I wasn't facetious. I wasn't malicious. I covered everything and I learned a lot of, a lot more depressing stuff about COVID, including talk about pretending like you care and give a shit about children childhood vaccination rates have plummeted during the pandemic either from doubt or from the fear of that that has been instilled in parents and wrongfully so like that one <clears throat> the one nbc medical chief course the chief medical correspondent who was said oh now 120,000 kids have died of covid which is complete total lie he he increased the number by like a thousand or ten thousand from what of what of kids that have actually died and he said, now it is the 10th leading cause of death for children in America, which is a complete blatant lie, complete misinformation, dangerous misinformation. Because it has led, it has contributed to plummeting childhood vaccination rates. Because parents are scared to go get their kids vaccinated, whether they're afraid of vaccines, 
they're not trustworthy of them now, or they're afraid to take their kids out because they've been lied to by the chief medical correspondent of NBC, saying their kid's going to die if you take them outside. Or the, the places where the vaccines were usually available, CVS or, or Walgreens or whatever, is shut down. It's closed, which is sad. Kids are not getting their tuberculosis and their polio shots because of the, the impact of COVID-19 and the subsequent response from the world governments. And I think that's depressing. That's dangerous. I think it's horrible. That's medical misinformation. The idea that I got from my professor, and I wanted to not take it personally, but I did take it personally because, like I said, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit. And I put, I, I pour everything into these papers. Whether, whether you believe me or not, I care about my writing. I care about my, sorry, I got to line myself up. I care about my shit. I care about the stuff I write about. And if I'm writing about this topic, it's because it's important to me. I chose it because it's special, it's important, and it's vital to talk about COVID. The idea that you can't write about it and students shouldn't write about it because it's still developing. What the fuck does that even mean? I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm coming up with solutions myself. That's the whole point of the literature review. I'm calling on the experts, the quote-unquote experts. I'm calling on them to argue for themselves and I'm putting it together I'm putting opposing viewpoints and I'm putting it together into a paper so people can make their own decisions and so the experts can can come up with the solutions I'm allowed to discuss this I'm allowed to share it I'm allowed to write on it and I'm going to continue to write on it and I think it's pathetic that he's going to sit here and act like I I'm not allowed to write I'm not allowed to talk about covid because it's developing how the fuck do we get out of this then how do we get out of this like I said, this guy is a, obviously a proponent of insanity, continuing to try the same exact thing and expecting different results. And that's stupid, but it's fine, because I'm doubling down. I'm adding two more sources, including the Great Barrington Declaration, which I highly, highly recommend you guys read. It's not QAnon, it's not Nazi propaganda. Unfortunately, there have been gross caricatures drawn up by people like Dr. Fauci and the mainstream media on it. Basically, it just focuses... It's a great paper. Three, let me, you know what, let me pull these guys up. I'm going to pull up the Great Barrington Declaration. <clears throat> great Barrington Declaration. So this is basically a really, really well thought out. I've already signed it, so I don't need to, uh, but I'm going to show you guys who wrote the, the Great Barrington Declaration. Here we go. It's written by professor of medicine at Harvard University, a biostatistician, an epidemiologist, and he's an expert with detecting and monitoring infectious disease outbreaks and vaccine safety evaluations. Dr. Sunetra Gupta, professor at Oxford University, an epidemiologist with expertise in immunology, vaccine development, and mathematical modeling of infectious diseases. And then Dr. J. Bhattacharya. He went on the Lex Friedman podcast, and it was a great episode. And he really stressed the focus of focused protection, which is a, a bit of this Great Barrington Declaration. If you can see... It's not that long. It's not that long. And it was also co-signed by actual health scientists and medical practitioners. And then it was also signed by normal people. But look at all these people. Medical psychology, that's also important. Pediatrics, expert on vaccine development, physician, and president of the True Health Initiative. These are people that are, that are credentialed to talk about stuff like this, okay? And basically they say, we are the middle ground. This is the middle ground. The Great Barrington Declaration is the middle ground between just winging it and completely 
abandoning because a lot of people will say, oh, you know, it doesn't attack, doesn't kill most, it doesn't do damage to most of the population, so we should just fuck the old people, fuck the fat people, fuck the unhealthy people, fuck those with comorbidities. And they're saying that's wrong too. And then continuing to, they list off all the horrible things that have come with the lockdowns and the restrictions from COVID-19 and the world response. They, they say we're the middle ground. And the main takeaway is focus protection. There's a whole section on focus protection over here. Focus protection just basically includes it's, it's, it's in the word. It's like literature review. You're focusing on protecting and you're, you, you need to develop plans and systems and come up with the resources to take care of those who need it most. This is an element of life that has existed throughout time, through multiple... It hasn't been enforced specifically in pandemics, but it's always existed. It's always existed if there are old people that need extra help, or there are people that need to be protected, that need to be... The protection needs to be focused towards them. This is not a new or crazy idea. Fauci tried to pretend like, oh, this has never been used in an epidemic before. It's never been used, so we should never try to do this during covid he acts like COVID is Ebola, and it's not It's not nearly as, as dangerous as Ebola, but this is a great article. I'm including this in my paper. It's going to be funny, because I know my professor is not going to... They're supposed to all be scholarly sources <clears throat> or academic journals for our sources. <clears throat> the people that funded this, I made sure to look it up. It's an economic research group. It's an economic research institute. They're trustworthy. They're peer-reviewed. They're not shady. And I'm going to fight it, and I'm going to continue to push back if he tries to dock points on me for this, because the Great Barrington Declaration is not some Nazi propaganda. It's a very well-thought-out, written, signed, and co-signed by doctors and scientists that are actually credentialed, that are actually that actually have expertise in things like immunizations, vaccines, um virulent diseases and and sicknesses and viruses and the safety of vaccines and stuff like that they're credentialed to talk about this and i just find the whole system of the uh i think it's a good system but i think it's weird only only allowing scholarly sources because the idea that these clearly biased college professors and liberal university institutions and left-leaning and ide ideologically corrupt corporations and groups the idea that this these people can decide what's scholarly and what's academic or not is ridiculous and I, and, I, and I can't i'm looking forward to him trying to act like this is not a scholarly source because it is like i said an economic research institute <clears throat> funded this it was reviewed by them it was co-signed by a handful a, a handful of doctors and look at this they have 30 sources 31 sources <clears throat> 31 sources in this in this small declaration it's a great declaration everyone should read it and i highly encourage that you read it and if you decide to sign it up here it's free it's quick they don't send you spam and i already did it but so that's what i've been dealing with i've been dealing with this professor i'm looking forward to seeing what he oh another funny thing is i in these discussion posts where we we're supposed to, after writing the, after we wrote our six source essay, 
we do these discussion posts where we all pretend to give a shit about what the other, what our uh, classmates are saying. I know I don't care. <clears throat> I I appreciate feedback, but most of the time it's just, great job. I really liked how you said this. This is great too. Oh, I haven't thought about it that way. Great job. Bye. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah, those, uh, whatever. It's a useless thing. Kinda mostly, but I do appreciate the feedback and the discussion posts. Every once in a while, there's a discussion post and a thread where I'm like, oh wow, I actually learned something good here. So it's not all bad, but anyway, so we had we had this discussion post where we had to write about our topic again. So I, so not only have I already did I like the very first discussion post, we brainstormed topics, and I picked my topic really quick. It took me like two minutes to decide I'm going to write about COVID nineteen and the impact of the response. And, you know, it, it was easy for me to pick because, like I said, I'm passionate about it and I care about it. So I'm going to be able to write a great paper. And I think that a lot of people can learn things and I'm learning things. And I hope my professor does, but I don't think he is. He's an idiot. I'm going to dox him. I'm going to release his address, social security number, his credit cards, and I'm going to buy V-Bucks for Fortnite with it. Just kidding. Obviously, not going to do that. <clears throat> Please do not come after me. Or do. I don't know. I don't care. Anyway, we had this discussion post where we were categorizing our sources to try to make our big one, the 10 source literature review, try to make it make more sense. And everybody was responding to mine, saying things like, thank you so much for writing about this. I really appreciate you focusing on the mental health part. You know, I learned a lot of things from this. There are things, there are aspects of the pandemic that are being overlooked. Everyone was thanking me for writing this paper. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I'm glad that I was help, able, able to help these people and able to help them learn things like this. Meanwhile, my professor is actively discouraging people like me from writing about COVID-19. I think that's pathetic. I can't wait for the course review to include that in there so the school knows. They're not going to give a shit. They probably feel the same. They probably ordered him to say it, honestly. And I can't wait to go and rate my professor and tell this guy... And tell the world and warn people to not take this dude because he discourages people from writing about things that, like I said, the idea that you can't write about something because it's still actively, it's ongoing, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself, professor. So Jen Psaki, she urged Spotify to push more totalitarianism, of course, to try to remove and punish Joe Rogan. I think she should fuck off. That's all I'm going to talk about with that. Um, and then with the with the N-word controversy with Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan apologized, rightfully so. He felt he was he needed to apologize. Although all the clips of him talking about the N-word were either talking about people's jokes, talking about you know raci racist stories, um, they were all out of context. He wasn't using it facetiously. He wasn't using it maliciously. He wasn't using it to be racist. He was just using the word whatever. A lot of people feel strongly about the word. I personally don't, but I'm not black. So it's not part of my identity. You're allowed to feel hurt or insulted or uncomfortable with the word. Some people do. I'm not out here dropping the N-word with my friends. I'm not out here dropping the N-word hard R for no reason. People, people have valid feelings when it comes to the N-word. And I think it's funny that they're supremely massively op overrated social commentators like Tim Pool and 
Steven Crowder, those are the two that I've focused on that were like, you should never apologize. You never apologize to the woke crowd. You can never, this is why you should have done this. Joe needs better PR. It's like, dude, this guy knows what the fuck he's doing. He's way more successful than you. He's dealt with controversies before. He deals with them every three months. They're constantly trying to remove this guy. They're constantly trying to silence him because he brings in a thousand times more viewers than the mainstream media. And those people don't like that because there are a shit ton of investors that are invested in people like Fox, MSNBC, CNN, New York Times, Washington Post is owned by Amazon. These people are pissed. The investors are pissed because all these old money boomers who won't die already, for fuck's sake, die. But that's not going to really solve the problem because the the money's just going to stay within the family, whatever. They're pissed because they're losing out on money to a pothead cage fighting commentating comedian podcaster it's it's amazing i love to see it nothing makes me happier than seeing that guy because by seeing joe succeed because when joe signed that deal he put podcasting on the map he established the value that independent free unedited unfiltered unaltered voices have and it's amazing and i support that through and through but what Steven Crowder and Tim Pool got wrong is that you should, what they got right is that you should not apologize for the sake of appeasing the woke crowd because you're never going to. Look at Patton Oswalt. Look at Aquafina. When, or uh, Chrissy Teigen. Just apologizing to appease the woke crowd never works because there's always going to be a group of people who keep digging because they want to hide their shitty tendencies and the racist things that they've done. You're never going to appease them. You should apologize if you feel you've done something wrong. I hate it when someone, when people try to, when it comes to personal opinions and feelings, when people try to tell you you're wrong, you can't be wrong. You can't tell me that I'm wrong about how I feel. And Joe felt that he needed to apologize for the N-word controversy and the clips of him saying the N-word. And I applaud him doing what he feels is best. And it's weird that people who are wildly unsuccessful pieces of shit that have huge egos like Tim Pool. I remember seeing Tim Pool tweet some cringe. He was like, I'll never understand why so many quote-unquote men go to therapy. And I was like, dude, I think you would benefit from therapy, you fucking cuck. He's, he's a poor man's Ben Shapiro. Sometimes he's cool, sometimes he's, most of the time he's not. And Steven Crowder, I don't even want to get into it, man. But, yeah. They failed with COVID, they failed with misinformation, they failed again with the N-word. Everyone came to Joe's defense, and it was beautiful to see. Uh, Akash Singh, who is an uh, an upcoming comedian, he's he just released a special on YouTube called Bring Back a Poo. It was great. It was hilarious. It was short, but it was sweet. He is also the co-host of the Flagrant 2 podcast with Andrew Schultz. Hilarious guy. He's really been growing. I've been following him for a while now, long before the, the special came out. But he went on Joe Rogan the Joe Rogan experience. And then he said, you know, comedians were professional paid comedians. There's not a lot of us. So we can't be tearing each other new assholes. We got to support each other because there are not a lot of us. If they come for you, they'll come for me in a group where there's probably only a couple thousand professionally paid comedians. You guys got to stand up for each other. And I agree. And I, and I feel the same way with podcasters. And independent voices. We got to stand up for each other. Because if you're one of those pieces of shit that was like, 
I'm pulling my podcast from Spotify because medical misinformation and I'm virtuous. Please look at me. Please, please play my podcast. I don't have any money. I have a drug addiction problem. I'm addicted to ketamine and I'm obese and I need money for my insulin and my diabetes fucking pills. My heart disease pills. Please listen to my shitty podcast. Look, I have all the right opinions. These people, they're losers. They're throwing. They're, they're hurting themselves in the long run. Because when the gun gets pointed back at them, they'll be crying and begging for free speech. It's pathetic. It's the same way with the woke crowd and people that are anti-free speech. It's ridiculous. Free speech has now become a... It's cringe to say, but it's now become this, like, a, a radical ideology. A, a radical idea. And it's not. It's not. Free speech is a cornerstone of America. So yeah, they failed, and they'll continue to fail. You love to see it. You love to see it. So, I have a little bit of good news. I hope that it's not just temporary, but um, Sweden, Norway, France, Ireland, Italy is doing a little bit of they're, they're lifting restrictions for people traveling into the country. Um, yeah, the UK, Czech, and even Illinois and New York, they're lifting all of their mandates or some of them. I know Illinois and New York for sure ending their mask mandates, and I think they're looking into ending vaccine mandates. I'm not sure, which would suck for the people that like lost jobs for not getting vaccinated or whatever. I hope they sue the shit out of their fucking companies that they got fired from, and I hope they win. I hope they win, and I hope they have money for the rest of their lives, and I hope they have money for their kids for the rest of their lives. That's fucking bullshit. You're a coward if you if you fire your if you fire someone for not being vaccinated. You're a coward. Fuck you. Fuck your ass. I don't give a shit if you're afraid of the government because guess what? Federal vaccine mandates keep getting shot down. The OSHA OSHA suspended the vaccine mandates. This shit is getting the shit is not going to hold up in court. Court after court, Supreme Court or not, state court, appellate court, federal court, they're all shooting this shit down because it's unconstitutional, it's a violation of individual freedoms and individual rights. Stop pretending that you give a shit about minorities. <clears throat> the biggest, mi- the smallest minority is the individual. So you should always stand up for individual rights, but that's a topic for another discussion. I've talked about it before, I'm not going to talk about it again. I hope that these lifting of restrictions are not temporary because <clears throat> most of the of the EU lifted lifts restrictions in the spring and summer and then inevitably when the new version of the flu and the common cold comes back aka COVID like it's always going to in the late fall and winter then they bring the restrictions back then people are more depressed there's plummeting vaccination rates so there's plummeting mental health not only is there plummeting mental health support but also those that have they're, they already, what do you call it, pre-existing mental health conditions are also not getting focused on as much as the people that are that have new developing mental health conditions, which is heartbreaking. It is. It's really heartbreaking. As someone who knows and has experience with mental illness and mental health problems, it's horrible. It's not fun. And, and that's part of the reason why, of course, all the, all the profit that I'm, that that I'm going to hopefully receive from selling the merch. It's going to all go to the Child Mind Institute, which you guys should look into if you haven't already. Child Mind Institute is the number one independent nonprofit organization that focuses on the welfare and the health 
and the mental health of families, especially families with children that are suffering from mental health disorders. Because I wanted, I think I want to say five out of six children with mental health or mental illnesses go an average of eight years before receiving treatment or help for that mental illness. And that's, that's everlasting. That is, that is permanent damage. Um, yeah, that got grim. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, childmindinstitute.org, check them out. If you don't want to buy merch, donate to them. I really highly recommend that you buy the merch so you can support the podcast. Actually, you're not supporting the podcast. You're supporting the podcast like socially by wearing it and promoting it. But like I said, 100% of the money. I tried to, I, I made, I marked down the price of these, of this merch. Oh, I got stickers too. I have stickers in the other room. I'm not going to be able to show them today, but I'll show them next time if I don't forget. I marked it down to make it as affordable as possible, but just enough to where I make enough profit to be able to make a big mass donation to Child Mind Institute. Check it out. They're a great, they're a great nonprofit and they have a great track record. But yeah, sadly, I'm living in Germany. Not sadly. Germany is amazing. Like I was saying earlier, the grass is not greener. The wine's not sweeter. Uh, either side of the hill, like uh, Jerry Garcia sang in Ramble on Rose, Grateful Dead. Great track. You should listen to it for sure. Apparently, there's multiple versions, but the one I've downloaded is amazing. It's one of the most perfect sounding songs I've ever heard. Anyway, anyway, keep getting off topic. I'm living in Germany where they have the strictest covid mandates in the eu and the entire country every region every state almost every fucking city in germany is still considered high risk if you look at a map that color coats regions and states it's all amber it's all dark red you know why because insanity back to insanity doing the same thing and expecting different results germany has had it i live here every if you go into the mall, you have to put a fucking stamp on your hand, or you have to repeatedly show your freedom pass. You have to wear a mask, an FFP2 mask, so a paper mask. You have to show that you're vaccinated, you have recovered, or you have a negative test every time you go into a restaurant. You can't, you'll get chased down if you're not wearing a mask when you go into a grocery store. You can't go into clubs and, uh, they call them discos. You can't go into, you can't go to a party or, or anything indoors without showing proof, without showing your, your, your papers. And it's true. It's true. I live here and the numbers are still up. It's not working. We need to let people move on. Focus protection. Great parenting declaration. Read it and weep. Read it and cheer actually. But the new chancellor, Olaf of Germany, he's a massive piece of shit. Him and, him and Emmanuel Macron need to get together and fuck or something because they love each other. They're pieces of shit. Olaf was saying something along the lines of, oh, pissing off the unvaccinated? Nah, that's not enough. It's not enough. He's pissed because he wasted all this money ordering half a billion doses. I want to say it's 540, billion, uh, 540 million doses of the COVID vaccine just for 70 million of it to be used. Because the Germans are tired of this shit too. We're all tired of it. There's that select few group of people that aren't going to last another five years anyway that want it, they cling on to the bit of power that they get. The bit of, they get off to asserting dominance over people and telling them, put your fucking mask on. 
Put your mask over your nose. Where's your vaccine? Get vaccinated, you piece of shit. Ugh. Those people, they want a forever pandemic because it turns them on to assert power over people. And and to for them to show how virtuous they are. They say, oh, I got, I got 54 fucking vaccines and I still got the COVID. And I don't regret it. I don't regret my myocarditis. I don't regret my fucking passing out at the... While I was waiting five minutes after the vaccine, whatever the fuck. It's annoying. Shut your fucking mouth. Keep your mouth shut. No one gives a fucking shit about your vaccine status. You're not cool. I don't care. You're not interesting. Being vaccinated is not a personality trait. Fuck off. The Chancellor's a piece of shit. But even then, even even all that being said, I still really love living in Germany. I love living in Europe. The end goal, like I said, is to get to Italy. We'll get there. Me and my wife are going to get there. And it's going to be amazing. I can never see myself going back to the United States. I really can't. I, <laughs> I love Europe too much. Even with the bullshit. That's a testament to how amazing it is to live here. As an American, too. Because living as a German is a little is a little different. I can't attest to it because I, I don't know anybody who was an American that became a German citizen. But whatever. I digress. So, there is a, an interesting bit. Did I talk about this already? Yeah, I did talk about this already. No, I don't think so. So, there's a, a doctor named Dr. Dr. Zeke Emanuel. He went on MSNBC and he was arguing, saying, Vaccinating children five and above seems like a no-brainer. And he said, this is the quote he said, With the Omicron variant, kids are either going to get the vaccine or they're likely to get a serious condition of Omicron. Why is this allowed? This is why Joe Rogan is com- is repeatedly lapping you guys in viewership. Because you are fooling the people that they want to be told that it's scary to go outside. They they're socially they're socially retarded. They love the fact that they're able to sit inside, be completely vitamin deficient, eat an entire thing of of fucking Haagen-Dazs ice cream. While watching some overrated ass Netflix documentary, they love getting confirmation that everyone else is bad and everything else, everybody's dangerous. We don't want to touch people. We don't want to be around other people. They love that confirmation. But most of the people who are watching this shit, this is why the viewership is declining rapidly. It's rapidly plummeting because of lies like this. This is dangerous medical misinformation. Like I said, Part of what's playing into the plummeting vaccination rates for childhood, for ch- for children, is either ch- parents are, they don't trust, they don't trust the scientists, or they don't trust the vaccine companies, they don't trust Fauci, they don't trust the public, the government, because of lies like this. And that is definitely playing into why kids are not getting vaccinated. Childhood vaccination rates are plummeting. And then also, like I said, the place, the the places, the locations where they do the they administer vaccines, they're also shut down. They're closed, or parents are too scared to go out because of medical misinformation like this. This is dangerous. This guy should be punished by law. He is contributing to kids plummeting vaccination rates. What a piece of shit! Condition, serious condition of Omicron. That's that doesn't happen often with regular people. Like I said. Like the CDC director admitted, most people, 80% or 75% or 85% of people who are dying of COVID have four or more comorbidities, or they're old. I don't know if old is a comorbidity, but when as you get older, you eventually are going to get 
some kind of condition that is going to lead to your death. Serious Omicron condition. That's not a thing with kids. I've showed you guys the data. Less than a thousand children have died of COVID since January of 2020. Even less have died of COVID, the Omicron variant. How do you even know if it's the Omicron variant? How do you know it's not Delta? Delta was bad. Delta was bad. The original, the first COVID-19 was bad. Uh, What was it called? It was called uh, Alpha, the Alpha variant. Guys, come on. Why the fuck is this Dr. Zeke Emanuel? I wouldn't be surprised if he was a doctor of... If he was a chiropractor, you are not allowed to say this shit if you're an independent creator. But if you're backed and you have billions of investor dollars behind your network, you're allowed to have fucking pieces of shit like this. This is dangerous medical misinformation. Children are not dying of COVID in alarming numbers. They're not dying of Omicron in alarming numbers. Stop this. It's not true in any way, shape, or form. Jeez. Moving on. So the CDC is finally recognizing natural immunity. And this is something that I've heavily criticized America on. I've explained this before. In Germany, if you go to get a test, if you get a a rapid antigen test, they're not as accurate. They don't go as deep. They don't hurt as much. They're the only test that I've ever gotten. If you get a test and it's positive, then the next step is you go to get a PCR test. That you have to pay for. It's deeper. I've heard it hurts, but it's more accurate. If that's also positive, you go to quarantine for however many days. Whether If you're asymptomatic, it's 5. If you're symptomatic, I think it's 10. Or you just, you just do that until you get a negative PCR test. But you take that PCR test when you're done to a doctor, and the doctor verifies the results and gets you a vaccination, I mean a, a certificate of recovery, which in Germany, the system is, there's a, it's a G system. And I want to say off the top of my head, the G stand for, uh, it's like Gimpt, Gemessen, and something else. But it's vaccinated, recovered, or tested. And depending on the severity of the cases, there's 2G, the system of 2G, 2G+, and 3G. 2G is you need to either have, it's when it's a little stricter. Okay, let's start from the, the weakest. 3G, you either have to show that you are vaccinated, one of the, so one of the Gs, vaccinated, recovered, or tested. 2G is you need to show you're either vaccinated or tested. The recovery is thrown out the window. 2G plus means you need to show both. You are vaccinated and tested. You can't show, you can't just show your recovery. You can't just get tested. You can't just be vaccinated. You need to have both. What's weird, very unscientific, if you're boosted, you can get around the 2G plus thing. Does it make sense? Because you are still a carrier just like everyone else. Does not make sense. Which is also another thing... It just goes to show we haven't learned our lesson, especially in New York. I know, I mean, I'm probably going to catch flack for this. But if you're following the science, you should not be ending mask mandates. You should be, well, you should end all mandates. But you should highly encourage people to wear masks. End the vaccine mandates. That doesn't help the spread. It's been proven. It doesn't prevent spread. Besides lessening and reducing symptoms. Anyway. Uh... Yeah, I don't know why the CDC has taken this long to recognize natural immunity. Natural immunity, so which is if you get COVID and you survive, you have the antibodies. The antibodies are more robust and they last longer than vaccines. That's proven. I shared articles and I talked about this on past episodes. There are multiple studies on that. 
they were saying with the uh what was the second what was the the with the delta variant they're saying oh natural immunity from covid the first the, from the alpha strain the alpha variant was showing much better protection against delta than the vaccine was whatever what the fuck what the fuck do i know i'm not part of the cdc so my opinion doesn't matter i'm i shouldn't write about this according to my professor fucking asshole they do it here in germany i don't know why the system is not being set up but the the certificate of recovery that's that is one area that germany and most of the eu has over america so next bit i wanted to talk about gofundme caved and they stopped fundraising for the truckers and they started issuing refunds to people and yeah they're a bunch of pussies it's funny because they're they're now being investigated by let's see there's a court there are two state Texas and Missouri are investigating the go GoFundMe because they found out that they were planning on taking that money and donating it to groups that have never done anything wrong like Black Lives Matter and and uh social justice groups like that so they could show like we don't stand for these people that that want their freedoms back that that want to go to work because people actually like work um this is a controversial nazi-esque statement but people like to work people want to work so bad that they're willing to get arrested being part of the freedom convoy fighting and pushing back against canadian very fascistic and totalitarianism-esque regime restrictions anyway i feel like i just brain farted there sorry i've been recording for fucking almost two hours or an hour and a half or whatever but yeah gofundme's trash unfortunately there there aren't many donation websites like them there are some that are like subscription based but i mean what are you subscribing to there's the freedom convoy is not really something you you can subscribe to in the sense of like a paid subs paid subscription model but gofundme's trash and uh they're cowards they're spineless cowards and so is Justin Trudeau. Justin Trudeau's his head of security actually stepped down and he was saying he was saying something like he's stepping down because he has to draw the line somewhere. And that was very bold of him. It was very that was a very bold and un-Canadian thing to do. Uh, the head of Justin Trudeau's security detail or whatever you call it. It's there's a specific name, but I don't give a shit enough to talk about it or to, to look it up. If he's stepping down because of Trudeau's and the government's restrictions and the government's choices on how to handle the pandemic, which they still have huge numbers. They have huge numbers in Israel where they they already have mandated the second booster, I believe. It's just insanity. I keep going back. Insanity. Absolute insanity. But Trudeau's a coward. I hope he steps down. And what's been amazing is... The Canadian police announced if you are seen bringing in supplies and you're bringing gas to the Freedom Convoy, you will be arrested on sight. I've been seeing people doing it, and I hope they continue to do it. I've also been seeing France in support, holding Canadian flags and in support. It's beautiful to see. It's beautiful to see. I knew eventually more and more people were going to get tired of this shit, and they're going to continue. French people, they protest every fucking week, man. Macron is a massive piece of shit everyone hates him everyone hates him except himself 
and the people that he probably is making money for. But yeah, it's been great to see people support them. I support them. I stand with the with the Freedom Convoy 110%. I stand with the Freedom Convoy and the views and ex- and opinions expressed in this podcast do not reflect anybody I'm associated with. I'm making that clear. So, next thing I want to talk about, uh, CNN anchor admits she's officially out of ideas for what to do about Joe Rogan. I'm not going to talk about that. Fuck that bitch. Also, that one anchor on CNN, the gay dude, Brian Stelter, that guy's a clown. Fuck him. Oh, so I saw there was a Chicago area high school that actually staged a walkout after a principal tell, told them they need to mask up for class or leave. And at first I was happy. I was like, oh man, this is great to see, but... If we're being honest here, these kids are not doing it to stand up against mask mandates. They're doing it for clout. Odds are 95% of those kids are posting on TikTok and being like, we're going to be famous, like like that Beavis and Butthead scene. We're going to be like famous. That's that's probably what those kids are doing. But I mean, it's cool to see. Um, I know that I think I saw there was a school in Georgia that was, they openly published a list of parents names and students names of the, the the students that are either not vaccinated or they weren't wearing masks in school it's like they were literally creating they were putting scarlet letters on all these kids and their families that's disgusting like i said anybody who gets mistreated and abused because of the vaccine mandates and the the covid restrictions i hope i genuinely hope you sue the fuck out of these schools you sue the fuck out of these districts. You sue the fuck out of these companies and corporations and businesses. And you win. I hope you win a shit ton of money. And I hope you can go on a great vacation to Greece like I'm going to in April. Uh, yeah, so an appeals court refused to reinstate the federal employee vaccine mandate while it's reviewing the case. Why would you ask them to reinstate it as they're reviewing it? That's retarded. Another Another good bit of news I didn't actually put in my notes that I remembered... The Supreme Court refused the FDA's um, request to extend. So I told you guys when they when they the FDA approved the Pfizer vaccine in record breaking time, or when they the FDA authorized and FDA approved the Pfizer vaccine in record breaking time, the Supreme Court ordered them to show in a couple months, I think they give them like three or six months to, or maybe it was nine or eight or nine months. I don't know. I don't care. They requested like 90 years to get all the data, get all the paperwork, which is crazy that it would, they're claiming it would take them 90 years to produce all the, the paperwork that led them to decide to authorize the vaccine, but it only took them a few months to actually authorize it. That's crazy. That doesn't make sense. Seems a little fishy to me. Especially knowing that some of the Pfizer, former Pfizer and Moderna employees also work for the FDA. I find that odd. I find that odd. And I don't know if it was on this recording or the first version that didn't have the audio, but something I just wanted to point out. Robert Malone actually highlighted this. It could have been the reason behind the attack for spot, uh, the, the attack on Spotify and Joe Rogan. Coincidentally, the number one investor, the investor that has the most amount of stock, most amount of money put into Spotify, is also the same number one investor into Moderna. 
Ain't that a bitch? <laughs> Take, make of that what you will. The number one investor in Moderna is also the number one investor in Spotify. Interesting. But, yeah, the FDA rejected Pfizer, and I think Moderna's also, there. oh no, he, he, they rejected the FDA's request to extend the amount of time they have. And it's going to get fishy. It's going to get fun, guys. It's going to be fun. It was really savage of that of the Supreme Court to just be like, you know what? You want 90 years? Best I can give you is eight months. And it's going to be interesting because they're probably going to forge fake documents. This this is going to be, this is a chronicle that is not going to end anytime soon. And you love to see it. You love to see it. Nothing makes me happier than seeing mandates get shot down in court. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> it really is. Uh, Mitch McConnell said, no, Trump said Mitch McConnell does not speak for the Republican Party. Yeah, he's right. Say what you want about Trump, but Mitch McConnell is a spineless frog, coward, and he's the embodiment of what Trump campaigned against, against aka the swamp. Whether you your feelings on Trump, put it aside. Whether you like Trump or not, you can. Most people can identify that Mitch McConnell sucks. He is part of the swamp. Whether you think Trump did a good job draining the swamp or adding to it, whatever. Mitch McConnell sucks. Fuck him. Uh. All right. So, I got a, one more thing I wanted to say, and I'm not just pulling this out of my ass, not trying to go viral, this is just something I'm passionate about, because like I said, I've been looking for agents, I've been looking for literary agents for my book, and I'm sure I've mentioned in the, this in the past, every single agent and publisher puts out the statement that says, we are either encouraging and we only... Okay, here's here, I'll give you a couple of the ones that I've seen. I've seen one where it says, we are not taking unsolicited submissions. Unsolicited means if you're trying to pitch to a publisher or um or you haven't been ref you haven't someone hasn't referred you to an agent or a publisher. Unsolicited means you don't have an agent or you haven't been referred. So they say we're not accepting unsolicited submissions unless you are a minority, or a BIPOC, or an LGBTQIA, or underrepresented, or neurodiverse member, or person. That's fucked up. Saying, we're not going to accept your submission because we're too busy. But, if you're black, or you're bisexual, or if you're transgender, or you're neurodiverse, I don't know, I think that means if you're like on the spectrum or whatever. I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to fulfill, fulfill quotas. They're trying to show that they're virtuous. I have no problem with inclusion. I love inclusion. I love diversity. I think it's great. But that's annoying. <clears throat> other thing <clears throat> other thing that I've seen, they'll say, I'm looking for whatever, whatever. As an agent and a publisher, you're allowed to decide what you're going to publish. That's If I become an agent... I'm not going to want to publish cookbooks. I'm not going to want to publish nonfiction, chakra healing, Eastern medicine books. That's just not my thing. <clears throat> I'm going to have genres that I'm more interested in working on, things that fit me, that are tailor-made for me to look at and edit and work on and, and develop with the author or whatever. But they say, like, they'll say, oh, this is one that I was, that I, that I was going to pitch to. Oh, actually, that I did pitch to. Hopefully they don't read this. I mean, this could be interpreted uh, for like millions of agents and publishers. But this one said, 
I'm exclusively looking for underrepresented voices and minorities and we're diverse and blah, 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 blah. So I pitched to them and in the query manager, the question, there was a question that said, if you are writing about a marginalized group, but you're not part of said marginalized group, why are you the right person to write about this? And at first I typed up because now, honestly, I've included it in my, uh, in my query now. I put that I'm a Filipino American because if we're being honest, okay, so this is what I wrote in there. I said, I am a Filipino. I am the most under, I am a part of, I am an underrepresented, the most underrepresented part of the Asian community. You don't hear dick about Filipinos ever. The focus is Koreans, Japanese, and fucking Chinese people. You don't hear about us. You don't hear about Southeast Asians, aka Indians. I was, I first, I typed up, I am Filipino. I am the most underrepresented part of the Asian community, but my first book doesn't, I don't put the race. They're the only part of race in the book is when I describe uh, these two Italians that are from Sicily that are chefs at a a pizza restaurant. (laughs) I mean, come on. It doesn't fucking matter. I'm not writing. I ended up deleting it because I just put NA because the question doesn't really apply because I'm not writing anything about race. I am. I I do plan on writing about a Filipino character in the future because I am Filipino. But I don't want that to be the focus. It's not the focus. And the whole reason I, I even wanted to talk about this is it's segueing into my PSA, okay? This is an open statement, declaration. Call it the, 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 the great Zendependently-minded declaration. And I'm sure that most members of minority groups would agree with me. This is to the pandering people of the world. Stop speaking for me. You do not speak for me. I don't want you to speak for me. And you can't speak for me. Stop standing up for me. You're not a good person. In fact, you're probably a bad person. And you're trying to hide. And you're trying to use me as a prop piece. To further hide your shitty racist tendencies. Or you're using it for selfish reasons. To promote yourself. To show. And to advertise yourself to companies. Hey, I hired a Filipino guy. I got me a Filipino. I got all binders full of of blacks and Mexicans and Asians. Look at me. I don't need you to speak for me. And I'm sure, like I said, most minorities can, will agree with me. Except for the ones that also take advantage of these selfish people for their own selfish gains. But I mean, hats off to you if you're taking advantage of the stupid people and being... Just constantly being like, oh, you rejected me because I'm black? All right, the NAACP is going to hear about this. I mean, (laughs) kudos to you. Round of applause to you. You played the game. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, shaming that. But to end it, I'm an independent man. I'm an independent human. I'm not defined by you. I'm not spoken for by you. I don't need you to stand up for me. I'm an independent human being. I can stand up for myself. Guys, I fucking talk for a living. Not for a living, but I talk at a rapid pace about random ass shit that flies through my brain. Ask anybody who knows me. Nobody can speak for me. Nope. And this goes for everyone. No one can speak for you better than you can. No one can speak for me better than I can. So stop trying to pander to me. And stop using me as a prop piece to further push 
your inclusive and woke agenda. And the woke inclusive agenda is not inherently a bad system. Akash Singh made a great point. He said, right now we're just seeing an overcorrection for the wrongdoings of people of color and minorities throughout human history. And he's right. They're doing a good thing, but they're overcorrecting. And what he said was they're going to find a middle ground and we're going to find a balance. And I love that. That was the freshest and most accurate take on the inclusiveness crowd, the woke crowd. For the most part, these people have good intentions. No, let me rephrase that. Some, it started off with good intentions. Now it's become a way for corporations to pander. Oh boy, did you guys watch the Super Bowl? The fucking commercial. Did you see the Google Pixel 6 commercial? Man. I'm sure that black people did not like that commercial. It said, it, so here's what they did. They showed a bunch of low lighting, poor lighting, old pictures of black people saying cameras are racist, basically. They're saying cameras have not been able to accurately show and they've been discriminating people of color. And it showed bad lighting pictures and old pictures where there wasn't good lighting. So the black people were not their faces their features were not being shown up correctly and they're like here's the camera of the google pixel 6 and then it showed a bunch of black people one mexican chick i think saying now you should buy our camera you should buy our phone i mean yeah totally buy the google phone where the precious metals that power the phone that make the phone run they're being mined by poor blacks in the congo amazing <laughs> the cognitive dissonance it's not even cognitive dissonance they know what the fuck they're doing and people keep falling for this shit people keep i'm sure the google pixel phone's great i got a shitty ass samsung um i have a shitty ass samsung and i'm tired of samsung i'm ready to move on from samsung and maybe go to an lg or maybe a google pixel phone but i'm not buying it uh to take pictures of my black friends i mean come on that shit is done it's over with it's more racist for people to be like, look at these dirty, stinky, disgusting, disease-riddled brown people. They can't stand for themselves. They're too fucking stupid. They're too, they're too dumb. Their IQ is too room temperature. We have to do it for them. We're going to stand up for them. Fuck you. I don't need you to stand up for me. I can do it myself. Have you listened to the podcast? Can Is there is there some, some LGBTQIA, BIPOC diverse, neurodiverse agent person personality that can... Do me better than me? Is there someone out here that can do an imitation of me that's better than me? No. Fuck you. Whew. The shutter didn't break. The shutter didn't fall up and ruin the episode. I can see the audio levels. The audio actually recorded this episode. Um, I'm a little tired now because I've been staring at the screen for almost two hours. Um, anyway, I really hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Thanks for sticking around. Thanks for supporting me and being interested in the podcast still. I've been I got a little bit of feedback from a family friend recently and it was really nice. I'm actively trying to look into how to put video on Spotify so people can look at the video so I don't have to always put it on YouTube, but I am going to put it on YouTube this time so people can see the merch. I'll try to remember to show the stickers next time, but yeah. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Stay tuned. As always, stay safe, stay away from those crazies out there, and stay hydrated, bitches. Bye.